So, so let, let me start with um, a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, if I define the journey of building a startup, then I would say there are actually three dimensions to it, right? It's it's a, a long roller coaster journey of failures, right? And each one of them is really important. Maybe we'll touch based on each one of them, but it's a roller coaster journey with ups and downs and, and ups and downs. I would describe fundraising as roller coaster in the dark. Yuri Levine has built two unicorns, Waze and Move It. He also published his book, Falling in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution, earlier this year in 2023. We sat down with Yuri during South by Southwest to discuss his perspective on finding product market fit, fundraising, and entrepreneurship in general. A lot of companies almost die in, the, in that desert of between the time that you start until you figure out product market fit, it's a long desert of no traction. This is um, maybe the most important um, realizations of building a startup. Uh, Product market fit is when you create value to your customers. Mm. And you can measure it by one way only, which is retention. Mm. Because if you create value, they will come back, as simple as that. If you don't create value, guess what? They're not going to come back, right? And so retention is going to be the only metric. Um, in fact, if you don't figure out product market fit, you will die. As simple as that. You will die in that desert, right? You never heard of a company that did not figure out product market fit. They simply died. That's it. Welcome to Austinpreneur, our show about the stories that made Austin, Texas, a global hub for startups. The show is produced by Capital Factory and hosted by me, Nick Spiller. As a reminder, by joining Capital Factory, you can plug into the ecosystem where the stories on the show were set. Learn more about us at CapitalFactory.com. Like a lot of successful entrepreneurs, Yuri has scaled his model for building startups and is working with 10 ventures, each with their own CEO. You know, I have um, 10 different startups today oh. uh, that I coach and mentor and um, and help them to become successful, hopefully. And, uh, um, and each one of them is dealing with a problem that, uh, in my mind, was uh, worth solving, right? So... So some of them are about um, retirement plan and help people to retire richer. This is uh, Pontera. Mm. Some of them are about, um, you know, helping people to claim um, VAT when they travel to Europe and they buy goods and, uh, and and they find out that this is simply doesn't work. There are always bad things happen. Some of them are in travel industry. Some of them are in agri-tech um, in different areas. Each one of them is looking at the single problem trying to figure out, can we create significant value? Is the world going to be a better place if we solve that problem? Mm. And if it is, then uh, this is what we're trying. You know, there is part of me that is very passionate entrepreneur, but there is another part of me, which is a very passionate teacher. Mm. And I feel equally rewarded when I build stuff myself or I actually guide someone to build it. And this is why I'm working with uh, some CEOs to build, to help them to build it. And uh, this is why I wrote the book. Yuri's book gives a fresh take on the lean startup methodology. After speaking with Yuri and reading a large part of the book, its clearest perspective was formed through the capital-efficient nature of the Israeli startup ecosystem in which he built ways. 
So, so look, at the end of the day, for me, um, you know, the process of falling in love with the problem is actually quite simple, right? So, so think of a problem, a big problem, something that's worth solving. And then you ask yourself, so who has this problem? Now, if you happen to be the only person on the planet with this problem, then I can recommend you a shrink, a really good one, because uh, <laughs> it's way cheaper and faster than building a stuff. Right? But if a lot of people actually have the same problem, what you want to do next is actually speak with those people and understand their perception of the problem. And when you do, they actually send you on a mission to solve that problem for them. And this is where you fall in love with the problem. Now, when you do, then the problem serves two main purposes, right? The first one is going to be, this is going to be the North Star of your journey. And when you have a North Star, then you're going to make less deviations. You are increased the likelihood of actually getting there. And the second one is that the, your story is way more compelling because what happens is, uh, you know, if I will be here in 2007 and I will tell you I'm going to build an AI crowdsource-based navigation system, then you're going to say, oh, this is really interesting, but you don't really care. <laughs> but if I will tell you I'm going to help you to avoid traffic jams, then you do care. So the story is way more compelling that mm. is associated with the problem because this is how you create the engagement with your customers, with your users, with your investors, with the media, with everyone. To pull on the heartstrings a little bit. Exactly. Every day, it seems, I meet an entrepreneur who introduces me to their startup idea in the wrong way. They don't ask the right questions before pitching me the idea. That makes any feedback I give biased because I know the response the founder is looking for. You know, my dad used to say that we have two ears and one mouth, so we can listen as much as we we speak, right? And so what you really want to do is give them the chance to speak because, and, and obviously you need to pull a little bit of the strings. You need to start with something, right? And the something could be, you know, if this problem is relevant for you or if I would be doing this, is that valuable for you? And then that you let them speak because what you really want is to get their perception. Measuring the severity of the problem you're trying to solve is always tricky. Yuri recommends founders use a qualification matrix based on value created and frequency of product use to determine if your idea will translate into a business. So look, if you speak with people and they start to tell you their version of the problem, then you know that you are up to something significant, right? Mm. If they, because they have different flavor and it bothers them to the level that they can speak that out, right? And, right. and so this is definitely a way to, to look at it. Then the next thing that you would like to do is you you try to build a, what I call a qualification matrix, right? And do you actually have only two dimensions? The one is simple, right? The size of the addressable market. So, so assume that this is the problem. How many people, businesses, whatever, suffer from the problem? I mean, this is a <coughs> large number then I would say start thinking about it positively. If it's a smaller number, it still doesn't say that it's not worthwhile because then come the other dimension and the other dimension is way more important. This is going to be the value that you create when the problem is being eliminated. Mm. Now, the simplest way to look at it is uh, um, frequency of use. So how many times a day, a month, a year, this, this problem or this solution is going to being used in order to to eliminate the problem mm. if this is waste this is uh, twice a day right right and so obviously creates a lot of value because of the frequency of use if this is something that you would use once a year 
it still doesn't say that it's not worthwhile, but then the value mm-hmm. needs to be pretty significant. Right? Right. So you can measure the, the value that you're going to bring either by the frequency of use or by the actual value. And so right. if I'm going to, um, you know, save you $10,000 on your tax return every year, yeah, that's only once a year, but $10,000, right? If I'm going to save you $2 on your tax return, you don't really care, right? So, so saving money, saving time, create, making money, um, empowerment um, are values. Yeah. Empowerment is harder to measure, right? But everything else is uh, simply to measure. The ultimate goal of any startup is to achieve product market fit. Achieving this marks your transition from the seed phase, where you raise money to figure out your business model, into the growth phase, where you raise money to scale. So you mentioned this desert you go through in search of product market fit. So what really is product market fit? This is um, maybe the most important um, realizations of building a startup. Uh, Product market fit is when you create value to your customers. Mm. And you can measure it by one way only, right? Which is retention. Because if you create value, they will come back, as simple as that. If you don't create value, guess what? They're not going to come back, right? And so retention is going to be the only metric. Um, in fact, if you don't figure out product market fit, you will die, as simple as that. You will die in that desert, right? You never heard of a company that did not figure out product market fit. They simply died. That's it. Yeah. But if you think of company that did, then for a second, I would refer us to, uh, you know, all the applications that you're using every day on your on your smartphone, right? So, so from searching Google to using ways to sending messages to um, um, watching Netflix, using Uber, whatever it is, and ask yourself, what is the difference between any of those today and the first time that you have used it? And the answer is that there is no difference. We are searching Google today the same way that we search Google for the first time in our life, or Uber, or Waze, or whatever it is. And what it really means is that once you figure out product market fit, the value that you bring to your users, you don't change that anymore. What you do change is everything around it, right? So now you go into figuring out a business model, now you go into figuring out growth and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the journey of product market fit is mm-hmm. fairly complete. Yeah. Mm. It's only complete when you have a retention that is significant. And there is uh, one way to figure that out. You actually have to watch users and ask them why. As simple as that. Mm. As simple as that. Uh, Tell entrepreneurs to ask why till they cry. Exactly. And and this is more important, right? The users that you want to ask are not those that are continuing to use. Mm are those that have churned because they know why. And this is the why that you need the answer for. Right. And this is how you are going to improve by basically saying, okay, now I realize what is it that I've done wrong. Mm -hmm. In the next version, you're going to fix that. And occasionally, and this is going to be a journey of failures, right? Because uh, they will tell you, okay, we need to fix this and this and this. And you go and we fix this and this and this. And you realize that, okay, that was not the real issue. And, uh, and so you're building another version, another version. This is going to be a long while of iterations after iterations after iterations. It was more than a year for ways to become good enough. Yeah. But I mean, the way you describe it, Yuri, just makes me realize how powerful it is to achieve product market fit. 
Often founders I meet have the perception that they've achieved product market fit when it's obvious they haven't. Just imagine that there are two worlds, right? Exactly the same. And there is your startup in this world and there is a twin startup in the other world. And all of a sudden, I'm going to take you, the CEO, from here to watch the company here. And here, you believe you're at product market fit. You're going to watch them and say, wow, they're so far away from product market fit. They're not even close. They still have to do a lot of other things. So we are um, overestimating ourselves. And uh, mm. and this is why we need a perspective. And the retention metric gives us a perspective, right? Because right. Uh, right. if you measure... You cannot explain to yourself that that uh, um, the numbers are wrong. The numbers never wrong. Numbers don't lie. Exactly. That's right. And so the, the product market fit is creating this value. And are there any key indicators? Like I guess the retention. Like what? Getting into that. What are the metrics where you're measuring retention? Or, so, or any other product market fit. So, so the metrics needs to be associated with the frequency of use, right? Of course, I if you have a service that people are coming back once a year, then telling you that they need to come back every month doesn't make any difference, doesn't make any sense, right? But, but uh, obviously, so they are associated with the frequency of use. But, but let me suggest the following, right? So, so just imagine that there is a funnel of users, and top of the funnels are. Um, users that uh, um, never even heard of you, right? And then they, uh, as soon as they, let's say this is an app, and so as soon as they download, that means that they heard of you and they are willing to buy into the story that mm. you have, right? Yeah, and that means that your story is actually at product market fit because people are buying into the story. Um, and then the first thing that they need to do is overcome the complexity of using the product. Yeah, the last thing, the, the next thing that they need to do is to figure out the value for them. And then the last thing that they need to do is to come back, right? And so these are three major barriers in the process of converting non-users into retained users. Mm -hmm. And each one of them introduce barriers. And so in some cases, you know, you have a registration and uh, people don't even know what's the value for them and therefore they don't register and you don't let them to move forward in the process and that's it, right? And you have lost them. And in some cases, this is, this is too complex to figure out where the value is. And, mm -hmm. uh, and in that sense, uh, I like to quote Leonardo da Vinci in that sense saying, uh, um, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yuri's most famous startup, Waze, raised $51 million across three rounds before selling to Google for $1.1 billion in 2013. Can you tell us high level what your fundraising was like leading up to the acquisition? I believe you sold ways to Google for 1.15 billion. Exactly. Yuri compares a founder's first fundraise to a roller coaster in the dark. And it's a roller coaster road primarily by the CEO who Yuri advises attends investor meetings solo. I would describe fundraising as a roller coaster in the dark. Mm. You don't even know what's coming. And uh, um, and part of it is that in many cases, this is one, this is something that you're doing for the first time. And usually when we doing something for the first time, we actually have no clue. And, uh, um, and one of the challenges is that you don't play the game the way that it should be played. And uh, 
In my book, I ended up with actually writing two chapters about fundraising. And first of one is the, the first time that you're going to raise capital. And the next one is about, okay, so how do you maintain investors' relationship, managing your board, doing raise, raising capital again, and so forth. And, uh, and there are a few conclusions that are really, really important. But uh, the most significant one is that you have to understand the point of view of the investor because you can even approach them, right? Because you think you, you understand, but you really have the perspective of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so for a second, I would say, and, and these are two of the, of the feedbacks that I've collected over the years. Um, in, in one of my meetings with, with uh, venture capital firms after Waze was acquired, right? So, so I was, uh, you know, considered to be very successful entrepreneurs and many of the VCs were, were um, um, approaching me. And I, and I sat down with one of the partners and asked him, how long does it take you to decide if you like the entrepreneur or not? And we were sitting in a small meeting room, right? So the guy is looking at me and then looking at the door and looking at me again and says, before they sit down, this is how fast it takes to establish the first impression, right? Now, if you think that it doesn't make any sense, then ask yourself, wait a minute, how long does it take you to set the first impression when you interview a new candidate, right? Or go on a date, right? And you'll end up with, wait a minute, this is a matter of seconds. In the case of Waze, it took 10 months to raise their first round. Selling your equity is often much harder than selling your product, especially when you're raising your first round. As Yuri explains, you hear a lot more no's fundraising than you do when you're selling your product. That's even when your startup is destined for unicorn success like Waze was. Now, when you go into fundraising for the first time, then I ask a lot of investors, why did they decide to invest in this startup and this startup and this startup and so forth? And what I heard was really consistent. I like the story. I like the CEO. That's it. Nothing else. Now, if Mm. this is the case, then you as a CEO, you should go by yourself to the meeting. Because if there are other people there, they drag attention. And you don't want that attention to be dragged. You need Mm. to be loved. You need to be liked. If there are other people there, they might like other people and not you. right? And so you want to be the only person in the room that they're either going to like or dislike, but the only person. The second part is uh, you need to learn how to tell good stories. And good stories is about creating emotional engagement. It's not about fact. It's not about anything else. At the end of the day, they will invest if they like you, they like the story. And by liking you, that also means that they believe that you can actually deliver. Now, we had a long journey at ways of raising the initial round. We started in May 2007, when we met the three co-founders and decided that this is what we're going to do. And we ended up with raising uh, the first round March 2008. Mm-hmm. So, so nearly 10 months of a journey to get there. And, and in this journey, there were roller coaster in the dark. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very similar to figuring out who your customer is and what your value is to them and, and you're figuring out who is your investor and really putting yourself in their shoes, understanding their impression. You're just selling equity instead of your product or, you know. Which is way more complex, right? Because in order for me to buy equity, then first of all, I need to believe that I'm going to buy the product or there are other people that are going to buy the product, right? right. Otherwise, there is no business, right? And so right. this is one of the barriers that you will need to overcome is, is 
is make them believe that they want this, the value that the product creates. And then they need to believe that you are actually able to deliver that product. Right. And they make to, they need to believe that you are going to figure out product market fit and figure out business plan and, you know, leadership and everything yeah, in order for them to invest. Right. And, and, and so you really have to first get them sold on the product itself. And then you as an entrepreneur and a company as well. Um, by and large, yes, yeah. because then what also happened is that you position yourself as a CEO that focus on the customer, and that's actually a pretty strong position. Thanks for listening to this episode of Austinpreneur. Don't forget to check out CapitalFactory.com to learn more about us and join our community. If you have thoughts about the show or ideas on how we can work together, reach out to me directly via email, nickspiller at capitalfactory.com. Shout out to the Capital Factory Dream Team for making this podcast possible. And special thanks to Aaron Handworker, who masterfully recorded and edited the show. Come back next week for a whole new episode.